Please be aware, the stories, theories, reenactments, and language in this podcast are of an adult nature and can be considered disturbing, frightening, and in some cases, even offensive. Listener discretion is therefore advised. Welcome, heathens. Welcome to the world of the weird and unexplained. I am your host, Nicole Delacroix, and together we will be investigating stories about the things that go bump in the night. Monsters lurking under your bed or even deep in the forest. That unknown creature lurking just out of sight. And frighteningly imagined creatures, ghosts, supernatural beings, and even some unsolved mysteries. So, sit back, grab your favorite drink, and prepare to be transported to today's Dark Enigma. And on today's Dark Enigma, we're looking into a few scaries. I know, I was trying to be clever, and I came up with this whole a tale of two cities, but with scaries, and you know what? It just didn't work. So, this is going to be one of those times when you give me a pity laugh. So go ahead, pity laugh, bring it on. All right. With that said, we will still be playing our drinking game. And as you know, the drinking game is only for those of us that are at home and have nowhere else to go tonight. The choice of libation is yours. So choose your poison accordingly. All right. Now for the game part. How about every time I say prog, that will be a single shot. And every time I say ghost, that's going to be a double shot. All right, I know you guys are having way too much fun thinking what I'm coming up with. But now that the business end is out of the way, put on your tonic and stuff your face with some palenque as we dive into today's dark enigma and a tale of a few scaries in Prague. (laughs) The city of Prague is famous for its historic churches, castles, and squares, which all boast extraordinary features of Baroque and Gothic architecture. In fact, Prague is sometimes referred to as the City of a Hundred Spires. Prague also has a reputation for its local and inexpensive beer, with its 800 or so pubs attracting visitors from all over the world. Yes, Anybody who wants to go to Prague, I'm willing to go with you just for the beer. But Prague has other attractions, ones that are not quite widely as known to those who haven't visited the city. Visitors to Prague are surprised at Prague's haunted history with attractions such as the Prague Ghost Museum and companies that offer ghost tours throughout the town. And Prague ghosts, well, they come in a wide variety from pantomime-like skeletons on fire to truthful, gruesome executions, there are plenty of stories that'll send a chill up your spine. Three of Prague's most famous legends are of the 27 noblemen of Charles, and he laid the stones at exactly 5.31 a.m. on July the 9th because, at the time, the date and time's written form was 13579753. That's right, those of you paying attention, same backwards as it was forwards. Nonetheless, the bridge is supposedly haunted, 
For years, following executions in Old Town Square, officials would place the victims' heads on the bridge's spikes as a type of, well, warning to others. And legend has it that the headless ghosts prowl the bridge nightly and that the statues that now adorn the bridge move at night. In 1621, on the 21st of June, 27 noblemen were executed for their involvement in the estate's uprising the year before. The, exe- the executions took place in Old Town Square, where 24 of the noblemen were beheaded and three were hanged. Twelve of the decapitated heads were placed in iron baskets that were hung from the Charles Bridge. A widow of one of the noblemen petitioned to bury the head of her husband, and she was allowed to do so one year after it had been so horribly displayed on the bridge. The other eleven heads were left on the bridge for twenty years before being buried at the Tin Church in Old Town. Nowadays, people claim that the noblemen rise from their graves once a year to view the astronomical clock and check that all is well within their city. And the Prague Astronomical Clock is one of the city's most popular landmarks. It is well over 600 years old and is one of the oldest functional astronomical clocks in the world. It is also a magnificent blend of mechanical engineering and art. Like other astronomical clocks, the famous Prague example is effectively a specially designed mechanism to display astronomical information. Many, like the Orloge, as it's known, tend to show the relative positions of the Sun, Moon, zodiac constellations, and sometimes other planets. The astronomical clock in Prague will be known as the Orloge by the locals. It does all of this and so much more. It tells the time, provides the date, shows astronomical and zodiacal information, and, best of all, provides some theater for its viewers on the hour, every hour. Unsurprisingly, in order to provide this level of functionality, its mechanism is split into several distinct parts. The first and most striking is its impressive and beautifully ornate astronomical dial. This represents the position of the sun and moon in the sky and other various astronomical details. An astronomical dial is a form of the mechanical astrolabe, which was commonly used in medieval timekeeping and astronomical studies. The main stationary background to the clock's face has a wealth of information to anyone who is able to read it. On the outermost ring of the background is a series of glyphs that are representative of ancient Czech time. Moving closer to the center, a set of Roman numerals can be seen. These, like most traditional clocks, are used to indicate 24-hour time. Each of the various hues of blue and red within the main plate indicate events like sunrise, daybreak, daytime, nighttime, etc., as well as including various geographical information like the location of tropics and the equator. The earth or position of the observer is located in the very center of the dial. Superimposed on the main astrolabe is the zodiacal ring. 
This, you won't be surprised to learn, displays the various signs of the zodiac and is intended to mark the location of the sun on the ecliptic. These zodiac signs are actually shown in anti-clockwise order. The next most impressive part is a set of seemingly stationary statues dedicated to four evils or vices next to the clock and four virtues next to the lower calendar dial. The so-called evils include figures of icons like death. Just above the main clock are two blue doors that open to reveal the walk of the apostles. Between 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. each hour, on the hour, the statues become partially animated with, for example, death ringing his bell. Below the main astrolabe and clock is the calendar dial with various painted medallions, each one representing the calendar months. The subject of each shows various figures in fields to indicate the months and seasons. Another smaller set of images are displayed closer to the center, each representing each of the signs of the zodiac. The current date is tracked around the circumference of the dial, which also indicates annual events like each saint's feast day. The Prague astronomical clock was first installed in 1410. This makes it the world's third oldest astronomical clock and the oldest still in operation today. The first recorded mention of the clock was in October of that same year. But it should be pointed out that this date was when the oldest part of the clock was actually installed. Within the following hundred years, the lower calendar dial was added in around 1490. Around the same time, the incredible Gothic statues were also added. At some time in the late 1600s, probably between 1629 and 1659, the wooden statues were installed. The Apostle statues were added during a major refit between 1787 and 1791. And the clock tower's iconic golden crowing rooster was added around 1865. Throughout time, the clock has been subjected to continuous maintenance and repair. In fact, there's a legend that if the clock were to ever fall into disrepair, then the city would suffer. It was heavily damaged during the Second World War during the Prague Uprising against occupying Nazi forces. And after significant effort, the machinery was repaired, the wooden apostles restored by Wojciech Socharda, and the Orlage started working again in 1948. Another phase of renovation was undertaken in 2005 when the lower calendar ring and statues were restored. Anti-pigeon nets were also installed around the wooden statues. The last renovation of the astronomical clock was carried out from January to September of 2018, following a reconstruction of the old town tower. During the renovation, an electric clock mechanism that was in operation since 1948 was replaced by an original mechanism from the 1860s. For many years, it was believed that the clock was designed and built by clockmaster John Ruse, also called Hannes. And this has since been shown to be a historical mistake. There is a local legend that the original clockmaker was blinded by city officials after completing their work. And this was said 
to be so it could prevent that builder from ever replicating their masterpiece elsewhere. A fine reward for their hard work, don't you think? Enraged by the act, the blind clockmaker climbed the tower and sabotaged his work to stop it working. The clock then remained silent for more than 50 years before being brought back to work, working order by Jan Toborski in 1552. But the truth is, it's a beautiful tale. But the fact is, that event never even happened, and Hannes doesn't appear to be the original craftsman either. It is currently believed that the clock was actually built by one Mukulas of Kadan. It appears he was also assisted by a Catholic priest and scientist John Sindel. Sindel offered astronomers insight with Michaelis making the clock actually work. Historical documents of the time support this, with Michaelis heavily praised for this incredible work by Prague Council officials. And it seems that the Prague astronomical clock is a gift that keeps on giving. During recent refurbishment works on the clock, a secret hidden message was uncovered inside one of its statues. Repair works were conducted, which included restoration work on some of its sculpted figures. The statues in question included the famous apostles who appear in the top windows every hour during the daytime. And while working on them, one of the statues appeared to be a lot heavier than its brethren. The statue in question, that of St. Thomas, was later removed and x-rayed to see if any light could be thrown on the mystery. And it was found that a strange metal case with a message appeared to be inserted into the statue. Restorers were able to remove the case safely and successfully opened it up. What they found was a literal message from the past. It was written by a sculptor called Wojciech Serchada. He was commissioned to recreate some of the sculptures after the clock tower was heavily damaged during the Prague uprising of World War II. The message reveals the sculptor's more extensive plans for the astronomical clock, which were never completed. He also complained about the conditions at the time and the start of the communist regime. The restoration work also uncovered some other hidden features of the clock tower dating back to around the 15th century. Several stone creature sculptures were uncovered in the corners under the calendar dial behind some timbers. It appears these were some of the original details of the tower before the installation of the dial in the late 1400s, which unfortunately ends the story of the astronomical clock, but brings us to our next little scary, the Headless Templar. In the days of knights and noble horses, Prague was home to a handsome Templar knight. Although there's little known about his story, the handsomely dressed Templar knight is one of Prague's favorite ghosts. It's said that he rides the cobbled streets of Old Town without a head, on his white stallion, challenging the people he finds to release him from his ghostly imprisonment. No one knows what happened to the Templar Knight that causes his ghost to wander the earth, but to free him, a brave soul must take the knight's sword and use it to pierce the ghost's heart. Believers of this legend say that the Templar Knight can usually be found haunting the eerie Lilova Street after midnight. Our next hotspot takes us to St. John of Nepomuk. 
Saint John of Nepomuk is one of the national saints of the Czech Republic. The story goes that after Saint John took confession from the Queen of Bohemia, her husband, King Wenceslas IV, asked what she had said to the priest. Legend says that when Saint John refused to tell the king what he had heard, the king had Saint John tortured and then hung in chains off Charles Bridge until he died. It is true that King Wenceslas IV did torture and kill Saint John, but the reason was for disagreeing over a new abbot for the Abbey of Cladruby, not for keeping the queen's confession a secret. Or was it? However, some still believe that by touching the statue of St. John of Nepomuk on Charles Bridge, you keep your secret safe from ever being chulled. Now, I know we've been talking a lot about Prague, so we're going to move away from the city center and move over to the beautiful Prague Castle. Dating back to the 9th century, Prague Castle is reputedly the largest castle in the world. It sits on 18 acres and includes a number of churches, residences, palaces, towers, halls, and various other buildings. The castle encompasses 750,000 square feet and is more than one-third mile long at 1,800 feet. After the Velvet Revolution, the Rolling Stones, my favorite band, played one of the first concerts in Prague. They loved Prague Castle and, while having a beer with Vaclav Hevel, then president of the Czech Republic, lamented the fact that it was difficult to see the castle at night. Havel told them that he had other priorities, so the Stones had their stage light technician design lighting for the castle. They paid $32,000 for the lighting's installation, which are still in use today. Thank you, the Stones. So now we're going to move away from the castles and move to the infamous Josephov, or the Old Jewish Quarter. The Old New Synagogue, located in the Old Jewish Quarter of Prague, is the oldest active synagogue in Europe. There are five other synagogues in the district, including the Spanish Synagogue, which is a Moorish interior, the Klaus Synagogue, which is a Baroque interior, and the Old Cemetery, which was in use for three centuries. Because of a lack of space, the dead were buried in layers, and officials believe that there are 11 or 12 layers of dead in the cemetery. During World War II, Hitler did not destroy the area because he supposedly intended to turn it into a museum to the race that he tried to exterminate. Today, there is a Holocaust museum in the quarter, and, fun fact, novelist Franz Kafka was born in the quarter in 1883. All right, enough about Prague city center. We're going to move out of the city, and we're moving towards frightening Hauska Castle. Hauska Castle is a Czech cliff-top castle shrouded in dark myths and legends. Hauska is an early Gothic castle located in the eastern part of the Kokorin Forest, about 47 kilometers north of Prague and about 15 kilometers from Bezdez, another ancient iconic castle of Central Europe. 
the building looms over the catastral area of Blatte, Hauska's village. Hauska was built by Primasil Otkar II as a remarkable royal castle, but was soon sold to a noble family, which continued to own it up until World War I. It was originally constructed in the 13th century between 1253 and 1278 during the reign of Ottokar II of Bohemia. The castle, which was built in the early Gothic style, is located about an hour north of Prague on the top of a steep, rocky cliff in the Czech countryside, and it's thought to be one of the world's most haunted locations. Mysterious, magical, cursed, or hellish. These are the many names that describe this curious castle. Although not one of the largest or even the most beautiful castles in the Czech Republic, and no huge parks or any old chapels, Hauska has become a favorite destination for many adventurers and travelers alike. At first glance, the castle seems quite ordinary, but upon closer inspection, one notices a few strange features. First, many of the castle windows are actually fake. If you look closely, you'll see that most of the windows are merely facades, glass panes behind which sturdy walls are built. Second, the castle has no real fortifications, no water source, no kitchen, and for years after it was constructed, no occupants. This makes it clear that Hauska Castle was not built as a protective sanctuary or even as a residence. The location of the castle is also peculiar. It's situated in a remote area surrounded by thick forests, swamps, and sandstone mountains. The location has no strategic value and it's not situated near any actual trading routes. So many people wonder why Hauska Castle was built in such a strange location. Well, some ancient legends may be able to answer that question for us. Hauska belongs to the best preserved castles of early 13th century in Bohemia and the rule of the Golden and Iron King Primusil Ottokar II. Hauska means bun in the Czech language but the name is believed to be derived from the name of the first noble landlord, the Lord of Hauska. One peculiar feature is the rock that penetrates the whole castle. In fact, the castle was built around it. You can see the parts of the rock both outdoors in the courtyard and inside, like in the hunting hall, for instance. The entire courtyard is endowed with amazing acoustics and has made Hauska a popular venue for various concerts. There are many legends about the castle and its surroundings. The most popular one is that Hauska was built to serve as a protection against a crack on the rock, where there was supposed to be an opening to hell. And it's allegedly guarded by a horrible black monk without a face. The most well-known story stemming from this legend is that of a simple convict. When the crack opened in the rock, the inhabitants of the castle wanted to know how hell looked. One day, they decided to find out and offered a pardon to a prisoner sentenced for gallows. It would be tied to a rope and sent down. If he told them what he saw, he would be set free. The convict agreed. 
They dropped him into the ditch, and after a few minutes, they heard a desperate cry. They immediately pulled him up and could not believe their eyes. The convict was then gray and had aged decades. He didn't want to talk about hell or what he'd seen, and he died in madness in a few days. People were so afraid that they tried to fill the hole, to no avail since it seemed bottomless. So, finally, they built a chapel in its place to prevent the swarming of devils. There was much controversy over where the gateway to the other world actually is, though. Some look for it in the chapel, others in the the castle well, and I guess we will never know the truth of it. On the other hand, the real historical facts are are these. It was founded in the beginning of Primosil Ottokar II's reign. It is also possible that Hanak Burka of Duba, with the permission of the king, started the castle construction. It is supposed to have played the role of the administrative center before the founding of nearby Bezdis Castle. However, the shape of the two castles is so similar that contemporary foundations could not be excluded. Both castles were created as the work of the same building industry. In the written sources, the castle was mentioned only in 1360 as the property of Hinnick of Duby, possibly the son of the same founder, later called Hanek Burka of Hauska. At the end of the 15th or the beginning of the 16th century, a powerful external fortification came with the development of gunpowder. The castle was judged as impregnable even after the Thirty Years' War. In the years 1584 to 1590, the core of the castle was rebuilt by Herzani from Harasov into a Renaissance chateau with an entirely new entrance wing added. During the Thirty Years' War, though, Hauska was controlled by the Swedish army. The Swedes, in order to feed themselves, plundered property and raped, which deplored the Melnik burghers. They wrote a 100 gold reward for the slaughter of the Swedish commander called Ornt. Two local huntsmen later volunteered and, well, killed him. I think that was the last time the Swedes were in a war. After the Thirty Years' War ended, the Habsburg Decree was issued, destroying all the castles that served the Swedes as strong points of support and was no use to them. The demolition also involved Castle Hoska. The liquidation was carried out in 1658 and transformed the castle into its present form. So, Hauska lost its fortification system. The square, early Gothic tower, ramparts, farm buildings in the castle preemption were demolished. All the material was used to fill the castle moats. Demolition was carried out by the Italian engineer, Peroni, thanks to which the castle plans were preserved. However, the Renaissance form of the castle is captured on wall paintings inside the castle. And at the last reconstruction in 1823, the roofs had to be reduced. The castle has had many owners. One known character was Jindrik Berke of Duba, a supporter of King Sigismund, whose brother was a Hussite commander at the nearby Gestribi Castle. In 1432, the castle was bought by Jean Simriki from Simiris, the Simratic family, and when he was executed in the year 1453 for betrayal of the king, the castle was left to his survivors. 
1502, it was bought by Vaclav Harzan of Harasov, whose descendant Tobias from Harris rebuilt it into a Renaissance chateau, providing comfort to established nobles. In 1615, Vaclav Berkut of Dube, after the Battle of the White Mountain, immigrated from the country. The confiscated castle was acquired by Albrecht of Wallenstein. After his assassination in Cheb, the administration of the castle and the manor was taken over by foreign nobility, such as the country of Spain, and after them, in around 1699, the Koenig family. This is the time when the castle really began to deteriorate. There are records that only one clerk remained until around 1750. Vincent Carroll Koenig had it repaired back to its res Renaissance appearance in 1823. In 1924, Hauska was bought by Josef Simonik, a Czech senator and president of Skoda Plins. After extensive repairs in 1930, the castle was used until 1939 as a summer and representative residence of the family. Then, as you guessed, the German, Ar the German army used it as an SS headquarters until 1945. In August 1943, RSHA transported materials from archives and libraries in Hamburg and Berlin that were threatened by American bombing. Under the cover name Bergen II, the castle which became one of four North Bohemian depositories for Jewish and Masonic books from Europe. In the 1930s, with war raging across the continent during World War II, the Nazis occupied Hauska Castle. There are multiple myths about their supposedly occult activities there. The most well-known one concerns Henrik Himmler's occult library. Himmler was an SS Nazi chief, obsessed with Germanic pagan lore. He captained an operation whose aim was to collect as many books about witchcraft, the supernatural, and the occult as possible. His collection is said to have numbered more than 13,000 such books and manuscripts. And during the Nazis' occupation of Hauska Castle, a number of them are said to have been transported and held there. Heinrich Himmler believed that the power of the old occult masters would help the Nazis to rule the world. Thank God he was wrong. Himmler is in fact credited as a founder of esoteric Hitlerism. It is said that a number of top officials in the Nazi army, including the Fuhrer, attended ceremonies intended to tap into this power. Many of them are said to have taken place at Hauska Castle, which the Nazis specifically chose in order to try and harness the power of hell. The locals at the time saw strange lights, heard strange sounds, and were aware of a number of fringe science experiments taking place in the castle at all hours of the day and night. They also performed inhumane experiments on prisoners of war. After the war, the skeletons of three assassinated German soldiers were found in the inner courtyard of the castle, but it's not known why they were shot, when they were shot, and what they were shot for. Many people claim to have heard moans, screams, and cries in many different languages coming from the castle at night. These could either be the ghosts of the tortured prisoners or the demons and dark creatures trying to break out from the pit underneath the chapel floor. 
In November 7, 1947, the Prague Jewish Museum took over the archival records and later handed it over to its original owners and the Jerusalem University Library. Since 1999, the reconstructed castle has been open to the public from April to October. In the vicinity of the castle, one can see beautiful nature, which attracts you to cycling or hiking, and nearby you can visit many interesting castles and chateaus, for example, Bezdes, Ralsko, Kokorin, or Jestrebi. You can end your visit to the region by refreshing yourself in the beautiful Makas Lake. According to the legends, though, the scratching of the winged creatures trying to claw their way to the surface can still be heard. Phantoms have, see have been seen walking the empty halls of the castle. And, as you know, the Nazis specifically chose Hauska Castle in order to harness the powers of hell for themselves. Many, many paranormal television shows have visited Hauska Castle and concluded that it is, in fact, haunted. And with that, my darlings, we've come to the end of our episode. I thank you for joining me here today. I hope you'll take some time to reach out to me and share your thoughts on what you think. You can always reach me and the show at darkenigmapodcast at gmail.com. And if you have suggestions for a future show, you just want to tell me what you think, you're bored to tears and, ha and need somebody to talk to, drop me a line because I do reply to all emails. And on that note... That's all the time I have for you this evening. I thank you for joining me here on Renegade Talk Radio. And don't forget to tune in next time, my darlings. See you, my heathens. I love you. We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio.